I originally planned to start this episode talking about shaking hands, how I miss doing that, and how I wish we could someday soon get back to doing it. Uh, it was going to be funny and light and probably ultimately wouldn't have made much sense, but instead, I feel compelled to start this episode talking about something on probably everyone's mind, for better or for worse, the election. Now, before you turn me off or you run for the hills or email me or whatever, I'm not here to be controversial and to share my political beliefs. A, because that would be inappropriate, and B, since this is a podcast for students, those of you listening may or may not care anyway. I'm recording this on Friday, November 7th, after a week of fighting and disinformation from everywhere, it seems. After a week of mourning for some and a week of rejoicing for some. I don't have to tell you that these are polarizing times. Certainly the most polarizing I've ever lived through. And that's sort of what I want to talk about, this staggering image I have of our country divided. And it is divided, statistically, based on polling and voting numbers right down the middle. Whatever side of the aisle you or your family is on, you can probably find solace and be happy that 70 million people voted for your side. But... The reality is that 70 million people also voted for the other guy. So let that sink in. Never before, except maybe the Civil War, I guess, has there been a split this apparent and this obvious. And both sides are so passionate, let me tell you. And I'd assume that you're passionate about whatever side you fall on. And you should be. But... If we're not careful, friends, we will continue to silo and entrench ourselves into our own sides. Some entities would have you believe that this is a good versus evil situation, but folks, I think that is grossly overstated. Derek preached on November 1st, and if you were there, you'd heard, you heard him say, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, he knows people who prayerfully vote Republican and people who prayerfully vote Democrat. Translated, that means that the vast majority of people who voted for Joe Biden are probably good people. And the vast majority of people who voted for Donald Trump are probably good people. Do not fall into the trap of seeing the people you disagree with as the enemy or the other or evil. If you start seeing your political opponents as the other, friends, let me tell you, you have lost the plot. There's room for everyone at this table, left and right. And as the church, we have a duty and a calling to offer a seat even to those we disagree with. Don't go through the next four years or eight years or the rest of your time here on earth believing that people who think differently than you are bad. Remember those 70 million people. They aren't some faceless monolith. They are individuals. They are neighbors. They are friends. They are mothers. They are sons. And they are just like you. So speak your mind, engage in meaningful dialogue. Don't work to silence people, but work to give people a platform. Let them work through their ideas and let them be wrong. Or let them be right. I believe that the best ideas will rise to the top. And if you silence the bad ones, they will just go underground and fester and continue to consume those who have them. I believe that most people are good. But you've got to give them a chance to show that they're good. Don't write them off because their yard sign is different from your yard sign.
Now I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to myself in all of this mostly because Lord knows I need to hear it. When I really think about it and I, I put away my ego, I can proudly say that I've met wonderful people who voted for Trump and I've met wonderful people who voted for Biden. And I would bet you have too if you were genuinely curious and looked. I was told once that our system of self-government won't ever work because we are a people waiting on a king. And if you're listening to this and claim to be a Christ follower, I'd imagine that resonates with you because it did for me. Let's not make the waiting any more painful than it has to be, huh? Welcome to the table. Okay. <laughs> All right. So for this week's appetizer, um, we thought it would be cool for some of the students to get a insight to your life oh, nice. um, here on oh, staff. Wait, our, our life. Yes, your life. Um, and to okay. see a little bit behind the scenes. Um, but there's a little bit of a twist um, oh, of how you're going to tell them about that. So um, if you have ever seen uh, The Ellen Show, she um, <laughs> likes to have a segment um, called an accent challenge. Oh, um, nice. Miss Happy. Nigel. Nigel. So I'm going to ask you um, one question to begin with each, and then there's going to be a follow-up question later. Um, but I'm going to assign you an accent in which you have to tell oh. us um, that piece of information. List of things about. that Adam's the worst at. Me okay. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Mason's most excited. So let's get him started. <laughs> um, Mason, this, sh- this is an accent that you should be familiar with. Um, okay. In your best Boston um, Ah. Your best Boston accent. Okay. Uh, we want you to tell us about um, your favorite artist or what. Um, do you use Spotify or iTunes? Uh, well, most of the time I use uh, Apple Music. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us about what your Apple Music looks like. Oh, man. Well, uh, well currently it's, uh, I guess I got I to gotta check on this, Boston. 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 The thing is, is like you got you got to you got to hear it before you can actually say it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? All right. So uh, this is good. So right good. now, wow. right now the uh, on my iTunes, I got a lot of podcast uh, edits on you. Oh, yeah. But uh, but the last uh, last two songs that I have are uh, are uh, a song I, I've I've sang it a few times, but it's uh, "Canvas and Clay" by Pat Barrett. Canvas and Clay. <laughs> This is not fair. It's that one. And then uh, The Battle Belongs by Phil Wickham. Uh, and then I have a couple Andrew Peterson albums. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, random stuff like that. But yeah, Perfect, Mason. Perfect. It. And your follow-up, your follow-up question. That was pretty stellar. Um, you've been wanting a dog. Oh, yeah. Tell us more of the specifics. What's on the, like, on, what, what's what on the docket for, for my yeah, dog? What, what are you oh, looking man. for? <laughs> Uh, so for uh, yeah, I would love a dog. Like that's that is that's like a dream of mine to have a dog, right? Uh, so oh the kind of dog I want is a Bernice Mountain dog. They're very big, very hairy. In fact, they got 
they have a, a what's called a double coat, which means they shed like crazy. But like, the thing is, is they're like they have the most awesome uh, personalities, right? They're very happy. In fact, if you like are mean to them, they'll get sad. Sad. And I think I think most dogs are like that, right? But like specifically with uh, specifically with Benice Mountain Dogs, they uh they feel a lot of things. You know. Oh right, this How is are you great. Doing so, this? I feel like the segment is over. Like, I don't know, like what else do we do back, with this? Like the most natural thing he's I ever know. done is speaking this. This is accent. what Mason does in his spare time. Yeah, I talk I to myself in accents see. all yeah. the time. <laughs> everyone, Mason is the most chill he's been. Like, yeah, you were made for this. Oh, this is great, Mason. Oh thank gosh, you. I was crying. You're welcome. Oh. Thank but you. But tell everybody really quick what you're gonna name your dog. Yeah. In the accent or not? I mean, just whatever. Come on. I'll do it in the accent because I'm having fun. So I'm going to name my dog. I have a whole plan set up. And I'm going to name my dog the Sundance Kid because I like the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. But his nickname's going to be Sonny, so I'm going to call him Sonny. So but when he's in trouble, he's gonna, I'm going to say Sundance. Or I'll really call hurt him. his feelings. Oh. Well, not, not to hurt his feelings, but just so, he's, just so he knows he's on ice. <laughs> Very good. So if you ever hear us call... Uh, Ask about Sunny. Oh, Even like Boston phrasing. That is that very is, good. Yeah, that really is my. Good. Well yeah. done, Mason. Thank you. Well done. Uh, okay, Kate. Oh, no. Uh, you've been assigned uh, British. Oh, you got oh, the easy one. Fair. So you can think about uh, Queen Lizzie and whatnot. Uh, but I want you to tell us um, where you come from. Derek, um, so I'm from um, Jackson, Tennessee. I don't, I don't think I can say Tennessee in a British accent. I can. Only, I think I can only say it in a southern accent. <laughs> I don't think you said one word realized. in a British accent. So I, haven't, I haven't heard one word. How do you? I don't even know. I don't think you've said one word in a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> See, we go from like Mason, who's a ten, and I knew I was going to be like maybe a two. You're doing great. See, I'm just going to make fun of everyone else because I'm seriously going to be a negative <laughs> one. <laughs> My bright red face has nothing to do with this. Um, I don't. Someone, someone talk so I can uh, follow. Uh, hello, Poppy. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello, um, exactly Poppy. like that. <laughs> that was the best I got. Hello, Poppy. <laughs> oh, here, here's here's an, here's another question okay. for you. So you come from Jackson. Um, tell us about your love of tea. Oh, is this why? I think this is why I got the British one. It's because I love tea. Um, yeah. See, all you got to think about is tea. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a lovely little bit of crumpet. And oh, um, <laughs> so my grandmother loves to send us like recipes from uh, the newspaper, and um, so calming. Oh, thanks. Um, and so she sent us one for some scones, um, and so oh, she sent some. Yeah, she sent us some uh, dried blueberries, um, and. Uh, Sean actually got mad at me last night for this, but um, after um, we watched some TV, he wanted something happy. So uh, we wanted to uh, watch The Great British Baking Show. Oh, the best. And that would have been perfect um, preparation for right now. I love tea. Love some peppermint tea. Um, If I ever want caffeine, then it's usually an Earl Grey. But um, Mm. I don't ascribe to the milk in the Earl Grey. I do like a little bit of lemon. Um, to make it a little lighter, and then that's it. Lighter. Well, lighter. lighter. Perfect. Thank oh you, gosh. Um, All right, Lee. Oh, oh good. He skipped me. Thank, Thank goodness. goodness. Uh, Lee, you, you have been tasked with um, Irish. <laughs> 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 yes. Yeah. So, 
Come on now. So, Lee, tell us, on your days off... This is so unfair. You're going to be brutal on me. No, no, no. On your, on your days off, tell us, what, what does Lee French get up to? On your days off? How does Derek talk? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Just make fun of him, yeah. and then it'll come just out. Think about just say you phrases there. Like when, when you think of <laughs> when you think of Ireland, come on, just just go with it. Um, on my days off, I. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, I, that's uh, good. You're on the right track. <laughs> that's, so good. that's perfect. Really good. I right um, track. I like to go to the park with my kids. <laughs> I think that was <laughs> Australian. With your kids? With my kids. That was that was Wait, Australian where you a bit. Your car. But that's Boston. In the garage. <coughs> How does Derek say it? Garage. Garage. Yeah. And then I read the Sams in my Bible. <laughs> Lee, for somebody that has uh, never heard of Target. Oh, what a tell, travesty! Tell them the tell them of their need for Target. Yeah. Can't convince me. Yeah, uh, Adam Jones has never been or heard of the Target. Tell him why he needs it in his life. In an Irish accent. Oh, mate, you got to get a Target. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. He's sold. He really sold. phoned it in on That's that it, one. Sold. <laughs> well, mate, He's you got to go to Target. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, then. I think that's all I have. <laughs> Super. You, you got to go, Adam. You got to go. You got to go, Adam. Oh, oh, okay. All right, Hannah. Oh, no. So. My hands are sweating. Um, we've, we've assigned you with uh, Australian. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, you can so think about it. Sheila and Nigel. Sh- Sheila, okay. Sheila and Nigel. Sheila and Nigel. Okay. Do uh, I just say... Th- no, yeah, you just say that over and over okay. again. Yeah. That so, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about your family. <laughs> well, we got Sheila and Nigel. <laughs> 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 nice. And Bentley. <laughs> hey, that's great. And Bentley. Uh, I'm married to... <laughs> that's good. That's no, you're good. You're I don't so know good. how to do it. You're, you're doing, doing it. so good. Uh, okay, hold on. I got <laughs> Sheila, Nigel. Okay. <laughs> See, you all make fun of me. That's the way to do it. Okay. I'm married to Joe uh, down under. (laughs) 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 All right. Next. Next question. She said no. Sheila and Nigel are my cousins. (laughs) All right. And keeping with the Australian, tell us about your love of hoops. Yes. Trying to think again. Could somebody help me with it? Sheila? Nigel? Nigel? <laughs> Nigel? Sheila? <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> Man, this is know. right up there with Mason's Boston accent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have like tears coming down. Okay. I love my hoops. <laughs> I love the large gold ones. <laughs> I'm done. Go to the next <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. All right. And Adam. Oh, Lord. Embarrassing. Um, Adam, you've been assigned a pirate. <laughs> pirate. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Adam, tell us how you came to work at Brentwood. Arr, you matey. Uh, <laughs> it was... Gosh. <laughs> oh. Arr, I... Uh, <laughs> For those of you who can't see, his eyes get bigger. <laughs> <when he's> <laughs> 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 I, 
I was out on my boat one day, and uh, I got a carrier pigeon from someone that said, we need a new high school minister, eh? That was like and a my, couple of different ones. My, <laughs> I said, "R." R, I'll be there. R, be there. What was the name of the church? R, R. What? What was the name of the church? R is Brentwood. Yeah. I wanted you to say it a little bit better than that. Oh, sorry. I was confused by the question. <laughs> okay, it is, it that, is that was good, Adam. And then your follow-up question is, um, tell us about your favorite Howler Brothers shirt and why. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, Métis. Really <laughs> <real Metis>. <laughs> Just... Do you have any with pirates on it? You're wearing one right now, aren't you? This is indeed a Heller Brothers shirt. Uh, uh, I think my, <laughs> I think my favorite would be the one with the uh, <laughs> the scorpions. Because <laughs> it's, it's are you Irish pirate? It's <laughs> 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 an Irish pirate. <laughs> they had about pirates. I've heard many of them. Irish. Any are uh, <laughs> just actually it's the one with the uh, the uh, uh, cowboys riding off into the sunset because it's like me and my boat. Going out into the sunset. <laughs> He's better at the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. I just want y'all that to is know. fantastic. I have tears streaming down my face. All right, friends. Well, we hope that was fun for you um, to see an insight into some of our student ministers' lives. <laughs> On to the next. All right. <laughs> guys love listening to us make a fool of ourselves like and subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts so we're continuing our conversation on spiritual disciplines spiritual habits whatever you want to call it um and we have been walking through um inward disciplines so that's what we've been focused on for the last couple of podcast episodes and now we're moving into the inward disciplines, which I'm really excited about this. Um, and our first one today is probably one that I struggle with the most. Preach. Um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about solitude. Yay. Solitude, stillness, silence. Um, and Richard Foster says this about solitude. In stillness, our faults, busy selves are unmasked and seen for the imposters. They truly are. So in stillness, our false, busy selves are unmasked and seen for the imposters. They truly are. Mm-hmm. Um, there is certainly something about solitude that is revelatory, which probably is why it's so necessary, is that mm-hmm. it reveals... Um, scary. Spooky, yeah, if it you is will. scary, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I'm glad you said that, Kate. Like, I would love to hear everyone's take. Like, when you hear the word solitude, what comes to mind? Quiet. Draining. Mm. I think a lot of people think of it as, like, it's like boredom. Mm. I think just peace. Like, if I'm thinking just soli- solitude, the first thing that comes to my mind is peace. Mm. I don't know why I think about the fall. Mm. <clears throat> mm. I think about water. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fall of Adam and Eve or the season, the fall? No, like the season of okay. fall, like, That's yes, and water. Like, I don't know, like, did it, it just seemed, there's something like, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, just. Yeah, I, I can see th- that's that. That's the image that goes to my head. It's yeah. like driving down or like a, a road that's like a narrow road covered in trees, like the leaves mm-hmm. falling. And it's just like, it seems like this is an alone path, but it's not like a scary alone path. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a Have you ever seen like Talladega like Nights and Ricky Bobby is standing there at an interview and he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. So he keeps like holding them up towards the camera. And they're like, no, no, like Ricky, just like keep them at your sides. Like that's how I feel about solitude. Like I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like <laughs> that's funny. I could picture that about you. Yeah. Kate, that you, you don't know what to do with solitude. No, I um, like when we were talking about beach the other time, like people are like, oh yeah, I just like to lay there. And I'm like, no, we had a little sandcastle. We have a volleyball. Mm. Like there's like fun in the waves. Like there's so many things to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think of retreat. Like I think of having to take myself off mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a thing that I do easily. It's like a, I don't know, picking up of stuff and saying, okay, I'm going yeah. and yeah. taking myself somewhere Mm. yeah it's definitely work to create a scenario in which like solitude really works like it's not like a i'm just gonna go or for me at least it's not like it just like all right i'm gonna go just like yes i'm alone and in solitude in my bedroom if i go in there alone and just close the door but like that's not it really for me like there's work to create the correct scenario and feeling and the like actual space for it we're actually absolutely going to talk about that like in the end, uh, before we close, like, what are some practical ways? And some of, well, I don't want to, like, say them. But, yes, it is just work to create mm-hmm. opportunities for solitude. It doesn't come naturally for most people. Right. When I think of the word, I think, like, impossible. Like, in my current mm. state of life, like, it is rarely still and rarely silent in my world. Mm-hmm. And I will say married people in the room or people with siblings or who live with roommates, like, one of the most difficult things for me <laughs> in getting married was that I lost sol- like times of solitude. Like I then had someone who wanted to talk to me all the time, yeah. you know, wanted to interact. And like as it, much of a gift um, as that is, like it's also like what used to just be me in my own head thinking. And mm-hmm. um, would y'all say like that's difficult? Newly married people, like what do you? I think, I don't know if, like, being around other people, like, is difficult, but I think, like, making sure that we're not just sitting together, but apart. Does that make sense? Like, either on our phones, or, like, doing mm-hmm. our own thing. Hmm. Yeah, we struggle with that, too. Do you miss more of your alone time, though, now that it's crowded by someone else? I miss the cleanliness of it, and, like, if I move <laughs> something, it'll stay moved. Yeah, um, the realities or, of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I don't think I miss, like, coming home, like, to a dark apartment and having to, like, turn on the lights and, like, make something. Instead, yeah. I come home and it's like, oh, like, Sean's been here or, like, Mogu's here and it's, like, more alive. I really, really miss that. Like, I really miss getting to come home and not have to answer or interact. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to come home and, like... <laughs> be in my own head you and like stare at the times. wall or you know like I don't want to have to like be into my next role yeah. you know I think that's just like differing in personality too because like, oh, I in yeah. no way absolutely. think about my home being a place in which like I even want to operate in solitude mm-hmm. like it, of course it's a little different now we don't have those type of nights but like when we would joke just different personalities when Carlisle would go on like a trip 
versus when I would go on a trip. Oh, like, and I'm Carlisle. Yes. Yeah. When I go on a trip, like Carlisle, like she's not looking, I mean, she's not like looking forward to me leaving, but like it's almost a vacation for like, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited this night I'm going to read and I'm going to do that, you know, and like she's so excited about like four or five days with the house to herself where I'm like excited for that first night because it's like, I order pizza and wings and like the food (laughs) girl, I won't let me eat and I watch you know the TV shows <laughs> that she would hate and like I'm so excited about it but by about 10:30 when I get in bed I'm like oh like I got it I don't want to just do this again tomorrow night like I'm just right, kind of yeah. bummed yeah, out I have about to make it plans like, with other people. I think I'm like you I'm like I don't like being alone I like interacting with people so I think that's why solitude can be hard for me because sure. I'm like well this isn't fun I want to talk I want to be with people like Joe jokes that I know all the neighbors because <laughs> I talk to everybody, but I'm home alone working and he's away. So I've made friends with the neighbors because I like community and being with people, not being like Absolutely. So, yeah. Derek, like in your workshop, like I wonder, does that feel like solitude to you? Because you're still remembering things and having, you're working Mm -hmm. a lot of times for other people and their expectations. Like It it can be solitude. And I would say that, for me, finding solitude, it's not necessarily like sitting and being still because I just know that that's never going to work. Um, but it's I find solitude in doing things that are kind of not mindless, but times where I can kind of space out, you know, whether that's driving somewhere and I've got on a certain song or like I got my windows down or something, and I, you know, just something that's taking my mind off it. Or yeah, when I'm, when I'm in the shop, usually it's um, a, a place where I can just think and a place where I can kind of like clear my head. It used to be like back home, like simple things like mowing the yard. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to mow the yard. Like still doing something, but at the same time having headspace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Creating I think if I sit still, I get stir crazy and it may last for five to 10 minutes and then I'm like on my phone scrolling and then I'm into something else before I know it. Yeah, I think that that raises a good point about solitude like it's it's very uncomfortable um and when you talk about moving into a place of solitude you know they recommend the first 45 minutes like you might just be super antsy like Kate like not know what to do with your hands or like tapping your feet or like my heart will race or you know I'm very distracted by my own thoughts of like what I could be doing if I wasn't just sitting here or um why do you but like what is it that's so uncomfortable about solitude I will say this. I th- I think I've noticed it uh, more so like moving to America and mm-hmm. just the culture <clears throat> that, I mean, it just, the, it is so busy here. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, we, we just learned a rhythm where we can't slow down or mm. it's bad to slow down because there's always something to do or somewhere to be. Um, and I think that was my hardest thing adjusting to when I first moved here. And I remember taking Caitlin to Ireland and took her around my hometown and she was like, does anybody work here? Because, you know, the coffee shops mm-hmm. are full. Everybody's out for tea, you get talking with one another. And I think that there is just, over here, there's a much bigger emphasis on, um, you know, work. Productivity. Kind of, yeah, we're, we're productivity, climbing the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, I even noticed it, like, my first job here, like, the vacation time, mm-hmm. like, I thought, wow, is that seriously? Is that all the vacation time that we get? Because back home, you could get, you know, the average vacation time for an employee is about a month off a year. Oh wow! Um, so there's just even something in that alone. Um, I think it's just like the, the culture in which we live in is just hard to 
Yeah. Absolutely. I kind of envy that. Like I kind of I wonder how we Well I think it's I think it's hard because solitude, like eventually like if you do it right, you have to come face to face with yourself. Yes. Which is like, I think mm-hmm. that's why it's so scary, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's why sometimes Americans really struggle with it is because like, eventually if you do it right, you're going to walk up to the mirror and be standing at the mirror, right? And just staring at yourself and having to realize like, oh, like I actually have time to process right now. And yeah. like, there's not a bunch else. Mm-hmm. Well, and you just cut right to the heart of it. Like that, that is the purpose of solitude is to like, really be met face to face with ourselves so that we can like confront that um and sort of clear that in order to better see and hear from god yeah and that's <laughs> that can be terrifying um that's just a unmasking comfort kate you said it was scary Yeah. (laughs) Same. Um, so I'm really good at like reading a room and putting on whatever I need to do. Like if there is, you know, the room is kind of dead, then, you know, maybe we need to liven it up a little bit. Or if, you know, there's already that role played and they like need help in the kitchen. Like I'm really good, um, at like trying to figure out like where my helping hands can be like met, um, or like used efficiently. Um, and so in solitude, like there's no other person for me to go, Oh, like, how can I help you? And so it's actually more like helping myself and helping my relationship with God, which is so deep and um, it's just scary because it's not something I naturally do and naturally think to do. Are you able to recognize, like even just in saying that, like the need, like... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, it comes more for... Um, like I recognize it and I take it when other people recognize it. Like I'm more easily to go, Oh, like, let me look at my own life. But that's not something I naturally think of. Sure. Yeah. I think just an important message. Cause so many of us are similar to that. I mean, you just articulated that so well of like, I'm always looking to like give or pour out or serve. And like, I think it's an important reminder that like God doesn't want our, Oh yeah. All, all of our duties, like what we can do, but like God just wants us. Like the omnipotence know. of God. Like I'm like, I don't, I mean everything and yet mean nothing. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to be anything but me. Right. It reminds you of Mary and Martha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mary and Martha. Yeah. I, um, I wrote down, it exposes our idols and our like true heart. And that's what's scary because you realize for me, it's, I think it's social media. Like I just spend too much time on there. And I, if I'm like, I mean, we all do it. Like if we're sitting on the couch and you have nothing in your hands or you're not doing something, it's like immediately. Mm-hmm. And so like, what is it like to leave your phone away and mm-hmm. like be, just be, <laughs> that's yeah. scary. No, absolutely. Yeah. Over quarantine, I've had to like put screens away by like, well, 11 o'clock seems late now that I say that out loud. But by 11 o'clock, like, I can't be in front of another screen um, or else it'll, like, keep me up and it'll keep my mind working. Sean doesn't like it because he wants to, you know, get all the latest information of whatever's happening. But it's been really fun to, like, turn everything off and just be for, like, an hour before bed. Do you think there's a level of shame associated with, like, taking rest, um, solitude, like, 
for me, I, I think of like, there's almost like some guilt in it in the sense of if I was to go to say to Caitlin, Hey, I need, I need some time to by myself to go and do this. Like, okay, well you're going to have to take care of a kid and you're going to take care. So I don't know if there's like a level of shame because we, we, we have to be productive. There's stuff, there's always stuff to do. The house is a mess, you know, there's, so I wonder, is there like a way to almost like destigmatize, like, you know, taking some time for you and, just to go off and do something for you is good and healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that you're slacking. It's not that you're, you know, just not doing your work or. Well, and, and to be quite frank, that's not the culture of America. It's, it's not the culture of the church. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we know that from being on the inside, but you know, we don't, that's yeah. And for, so it's not even Christian culture. Like it's not even, we've, it's not even like we've picked up the mantle and been like, this is the, you know, and for all of our kiddos thinking about their lives, like practice every night or homework and like their lives are filled too. It's like we teach them young, like this is how our life is. You do this, you do this, and mm-hmm. then you move on to this mm-hmm. with homework, sports, you know, you know yeah. whatever. So we do create that culture of nonstop busy, mm-hmm. even at mm-hmm. elementary, middle, high school, college, and so on. Let's say I was talking to some of our college kids, like high school, like you're in school for eight hours a day, and then you have, you know, maybe an hour and a half of practice, and then, you know, you have to sleep and, you know, shower at some point, um, <laughs> and then talking maybe. to some of our college kids, yeah, mm-hmm. um, talking to some of our college kids, they're like, wow, like this time gets really filled up really quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you're only in class for three hours, like what do you have to, what do you get to do with that other time? Um, and so, like, the fact that we don't teach how to prioritize our time and what to fill in first those spaces. Yeah. There's a book, um, Mason will link this in our description, but it's called sacred rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton. Uh, it was really transformative for me in seminary. And it talks about that, like just creating sacred space. And, you know, I wonder Kate and you saying that and uh, like hoops, it was, this thought was developing as you were talking, like, because in high school and middle school, we're so overplanned mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so like, go, go, go. And every minute is filled. And as parents, like, I'm, I mean, I'm always looking to fill space for my kids, you know, like yeah. that's ingrained, not just, I mean, that's just part of the family structure, I think. But, but we do that all through growing up, middle school, high school. And then we go to college, if that is the path that you choose. And there's often a lot of downtime. And I wonder if that's why those years end up being so transformative, because right. you're left with yourself, like you're mm-hmm. left with your thoughts, you're left with you know, creativity. Yeah. You have a lot of independence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really interesting, um, interesting thought in that book, um, by Ruth Haley Barton, she says this, one of the fundamental purposes of solitude is to give us a concrete way of entering into such stillness so that God can come in and do what only God can do. Mm. And I think that's a little bit scary is that mm-hmm. solitude, um, Actually, if done I right. Like it, that. Like, what? I really like that. You don't? It, I do. Oh, yeah. Because it, like, it relieves the pressure off of me to have to do anything. Mm. But sol- solitude, right, like, just like any spiritual discipline, like, it should yield fruit. Like, yeah. what is the fruit of solitude? Carrots, right, Anna? Carrots. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vegetable. It's I a root. It also, I'm trying to look at some of my notes, but I wrote down... Like the more time we give ourselves or spend in solitude, the less and less distracted we are with God. Mm. So that's 
our end goal, right? Because there's days, if I'm being honest, that I'll go through my day and I'm like, oh yeah, God, hey, it's <laughs> like nighttime. Oh gosh, hey, how are you today? You know, and I'm thinking that if I had more time of in solitude, it's like a remembrance of like who I am, who God has made me to be. It's less and less distracting. It's a, like a conscious time of remembering. Right. I mean, that echoes just what we were talking about last time with fasting. Yeah, totally. Like that's, it's the same thing. Like your, your distraction, whatever it is, is put away and you're, you have to just sit and, yeah. and be. Mm-hmm. And that's where like the habit or the discipline portion comes into it, I think. Mm-hmm. I think about the fact that like, and we've kind of talked about this in varying different levels as, as far as being quarantine and isolation and some of those things, but like how many times I longed for like, ah, if I could just sit and be for a while, mm-hmm. but so many times we long and long and long for that. And I think maybe that's maybe some of the stages of life that we're in. I don't know if teenagers really feel like, oh, I want to just sit and be, but like, I remember sure. being a teenager and like, yeah, like I was... I had students in it and I had baseball and I had this and I had that. And, you know, and like, I remember sometimes I would be like, just so excited to get to my mom's house and just take a nap, right? Mm-hmm. Just to like sit mm-hmm. on the couch and, and have some time to relax. Um, but now in my life, like I think about like, man, I, if I just had like a few hours to just sit and be, but then when I get that, like I just waste it fill somehow. It. Mm-hmm. Like I just yeah. fill it up with something else. And it's almost like, I think about the fact that, and this goes back to what I said at the beginning of like, I have to intentionally create that scenario. Or I am just going to fill it with wasted stuff. Mm-hmm. I will right. just fill it with social media or reading this stuff that doesn't really matter or whatever it is. And like, I don't actually do it unless I kind of prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Which is why Derek said he like has to get away and like, you know, maybe do like a, my first experience with solitude was on a retreat. Yeah. Like I had never done it before. And we spent an hour outside, like just in solitude. And, I had never done it before, so I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> Going to be quiet for an hour. And I, it was like I didn't, you know, I didn't take a nap, but I felt that, like, rest after. And, like, I just listened to the trees moving and the wind and the birds. And it was, like, this different kind of rest I'd never felt before. Mm-hmm. And it was just an, and it, that an hour was a long time. Like that was a really long time, but you could do it for a minute in your car or mm-hmm. in your room, you know? And it's just like, it's very different kind of feeling. Yeah. That's like meditation. If you've ever done it, like it seems so silly, but once you enter into it and then you come out of it, it's like, oh my yeah. gosh, like I feel like I just took a nap, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, it's but so healing, but I didn't yeah. groggy afterwards. Yeah, like, you're not as grumpy. Yeah, not as grumpy or grouchy, yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy because it's, for a lot of people, it's begun with intense anxiety and like yeah. stress, but then it ends with, um, you know, like relief, right? Like someone, mm-hmm. I was talking to someone recently and this is kind of a different tangent, but like she was talking about her first experience with like acupuncture and how like, immediately at front there's this like intense sensation of like a headache or pain but then immediately goes to like this instant relaxation of just Hmm. everything flowing out and like to me that's kind of what like you were describing like with isolation it's like at first you're like uh, tense and scared and like Uh what do I do like what there's nothing and then it ends with this just like slow release of of being able to relax finally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like I think about like one of the moments I can think the most is like 
like for me going fishing and like the whole process of like, all right, there's a little bit of the headache of like getting all my stuff together and driving out to the river and spending that time. But then like, all right, then it's slowly like the walk out to the water. And then all of a sudden it's, I realize that I've been standing in a river for three hours and I haven't said a word to anybody and I haven't done anything, but just focused on like this one cast and like mm -hmm. I just cast and I just watch and all of a sudden I'm not thinking about a ton of things I'm just mm -hmm. there where I started with the drive of like oh this and that and this and and then and eventually getting to a place of just like oh like I've literally stood in silence wow. for three hours not said a word not uttered anything but feel so refreshed mm -hmm. and just yeah. calm that's cool yeah like an, in hindsight the times of solitude are good and fruitful and healthy but I, I always think of the, the process as, as painful Oh, because, and it goes back <laughs> yes. to what you said earlier, Adam, is like you're kind of forced to address yes. inner stuff Yeah, mm. that's, you know, uncomfortable. And I think that's where I maybe struggle with solitude is because I, I just don't want to feel. Yeah. I don't want to feel the feelings. I don't want to like allow myself to be like, to really f feel that anger or feel that hurt or feel so the process of of getting yourself there is, is is painful to address all of those things but yeah looking back you're like oh man helpful fruitful when sometimes it's just realizing those feelings right like mm. maybe you walked into it without realizing like maybe our students would walk into a situation and and not realize like oh i'm actually really feeling hurt right now but they come out of it realizing like or that thing I haven't been able to name, like it's hurt. Like mm. I feel pain, like I feel yeah. pain about what's going on or I really feel stress or That's I really good. feel like, um, and it takes that time to almost name it because you mm -hmm. don't have the time away to realize what it mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. I notice like, um, like when there's a situation that's gone on and there's been conflict and let's say it's between like me and another person or, like, I want to talk it to death. Like, I will call mm -hmm. all my girlfriends or call Herschel or call my mom and just, like, talk it to death. And, you know, the whole time, probably rarely taking responsibility. Like, placing blame, placing blame. Like, yeah. gossiping about the situation, talking it to death. And the moment the night comes and it's silent, it's like I get this new perspective of, like, oh. <laughs> Maybe it was actually me like when I stop all the talking yeah. and I'm forced to sit with it and so I think in my own life I just I avoid every opportunity to have to think about that like because mm -hmm. it's easier just to stay hurt or stay offended or stay on the right side on the right side and not have to feel empathy or to feel grace or to feel like mm -hmm. I, or to know my own conviction of my own being wrong you yeah. know mm -hmm. um so I think for me, the fruit that is yielded most, and I'd like to hear yours too, like the fruit yielded most for me, if I think about times of solitude, intentional times of solitude, is grace for other people. Like mm -hmm. I'm just quick to think of like what's wrong with other people. And I think when I'm in solitude, I'm, it's easier to think about the good yeah. and like, or maybe their side of the story or what's you know mm -hmm. and then I think creativity like I just have this new mm. have like new ideas that's cool out of solitude what about y'all I think mine just brings a perspective of calm mm -hmm. like where everything else seems chaotic and I think that's partly where I seek 
kind of isolation is like in places that just bring me calm spirit but like it's where i felt hectic where i felt stressed where i felt like everything was go 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 like i come out of it with like a oh like it's calm like my heart's more calm like if my heart rate was at like a 90 it's now like in the 50s you know like i'm just like i'm more mellow mm-hmm. yeah i think i i pray for peace a lot so when i experience it i feel like a sense of like you said calm peace like tranquility i guess is that a right is that the right word mm-hmm. for you <laughs> but also what i was gonna say um i was thinking about this when y'all were all talking um that solitude we practice because we see jesus practice it and he oftentimes goes away and it's not that he's like stressed out or that he's needing like the disciples are driving him crazy he's like going to spend time with god and i just feel i don't know i find that really like refreshing like to do something that jesus did Mm -hmm. and like kind of follow in his steps and it seemed like a priority it was that's the word yeah that's the word it seemed like yeah like it was just like at the top of I, i need to I mean, he delighted in that, like mm. time, you know. Yeah. And he yeah. just like he just said like I, I'm 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 gone like I'm. This I'm is what off. I'm doing. This is yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah, I know. He's just like I'm gone. Yeah, I gotta bye. go. <laughs> which is the which is the discipline, right? It's like the carved out time for this habit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think some of my fruits, I think it's instead of grace for others, I think it's more grace for myself. Mm. Um, and like letting go of things that I think I've either done wrong or have done other, like, um, I'm really good at going, well, they probably are having a bad day or, you know, really good at like, you know, pushing everything down and saying, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Um, and then when I finally get a chance to like think through the situation, it's like, no, Kate, like you were actually like right in being angry or frustrated or whatever that may be. We're kind of flip flopped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah. We're a great team. That's right. Richard Richard Foster says, just to echo that, that inward solitude will have outward manifestation. There will be freedom to be alone, not in order to be away from people, but just in order to hear better. Jesus lived in heart solitude. Um, and as Hannah said, uh, he frequently experienced outward solitude by retreating to quiet places. And um, so we, you know, see that example through yeah. scripture um, and some scriptures for you to reference. Um, Mason, you can also maybe throw these in the, the notes, but Mark 1, Mark chapter 6, Matthew mm-hmm. chapter 4, Matthew chapter 14, chapter 17, and chapter 26, and also Luke chapter 6. Um, where we see Jesus model solitude in his life and in his ministry. Philena Hertz, um, another person who writes about discipline, says this, the butterfly does not become the magnificent, colorful creature by a fury of activity. She submits to the confinement of the chrysalis, womb-like, tomb-like. She is still, she rests, she receives, she submits to a work more glorious than she could ever have conjured up for herself. Mm. And I think the fruit of solitude comes in the transformation of a life and an encounter with God that we could have never had on our own, you know? That's so beautiful. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of hope in that, you know, there's a lot of hope in that. Adam, you uh, spoke to this a little bit at the beginning, but just like 
<laughs> things to keep in mind or like practical steps of like actually doing this. So like we've talked about all these things, but like, okay, how do I do this? Um, at 17 also, how do I do this at 35? Like it's difficult. Also last night, by the way, someone thought I was 26. So that's yeah, true. I was there. That was a gift to my you soul. Look 26. Oh, Thank you. Oops, thank you. And she kept going down. Like, she was like 26, 25. Well, I think I've gotten to that age now where people are mm. like 18. I bet you're, you know what you say to your mom. Like, no, yeah, you know. I think she was truly like, I think she was going to stop at 25 and then she realized what she was doing and like, <laughs> just going. kept going. But I, I do truly think she was it 26. Gifted. It, it gave me new life. So I'm grateful. <laughs> that was your soul. Thank too. you for that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, you know who you are. <laughs> but we've named, like, it can be difficult just to be with yourself, your desires, your longing, your insecurities. Uh, be kind to yourself, like, mm. you know, be kind, like ease into it. Um, mm. feel free One to minute. jump in with any <laughs> of your, like if any of you have tips too, but, um, you don't have to fix it. Mm-mm. And a lot of times I think I go into solitude, like I'm going to use this time to work through this mm. issue. And that is not the heart of solitude. It's right. just to be mm-hmm. with God. Um, mm. and I think that if you hear nothing else, maybe hear that um and god is moving in you the spirit is moving and things are being um deconstructed and reconstructed in you um capture your thoughts some people are journalers some people are writers that's the same thing some people like to doodle um (laughs) so what happens like kind of document like what transactions take place in that time of silence Mm. um Adam, you said it takes you a little bit of time to settle in. Yeah. Is that four to five minutes? Is that an hour? Is that, how does that happen? I think for me, it's both time and space. Like mm. I have to be intentional both, uh, both about time and where it is. And it's almost like, as you started talking about this, Lee, like I started processing, like it's almost like me designating like where is the holiest of holies, you know, like in, yeah. And in Israelite times, like they went to where they knew they were going to be able to meet with God. And for me, there has to be like time or space where it's like, I know I can go and meet with God. And there's not necessarily an agenda to kind of what you were saying, like there's there, but it's just a, I'm going to go meet with God. Right. Like that's what the Hebrew people would say. Like when they leave their house is like, I'm going to go meet with God today. Like, and they knew as they went out, they were going to go meet with God. And so for Mm -hmm. me, it's like, where do I intentionally create that space where I'll go out and it's, and it's a transfer, like me kind of transferring from being like in the normal world to a space where I can just be. Yeah. It really is like a totally different place. Yeah. And so I I would encourage teenagers like, go find, go find a spot. Like, is it a place that you like walk to, you know, and there's the process of walking away from everything else to arriving somewhere else. Or maybe it is the whole walk. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it is a spot in your house for you, or maybe it's a location that you have to even drive to or whatever it is. But like, let there be a process of removal from everything Mm -hmm. worldly to that, to that place that can become the holiest of holies for you. And it, and it, and it, make take sacrifice it might might very well mean giving something up to make mm-hmm. that space but Derek you said it like it was Jesus's priority to meet with the father like yeah that's the life that we have to replicate you know that this becomes a priority because I don't I, there's not a chunk of my time I really want to give up for silence mm-hmm. you know but <laughs> 
that's not my choice. Like that's part of discipline, right? It's uncomfortable. Mm. That's what I talk with like our middle schoolers is like whatever you prioritize as like number one is what you're going to like focus the majority of your time. Mm-hmm. And so if if your goal is to grow deeper with Jesus, then that has to be priority number one. Right. And then everything else falls mm-hmm. underneath that. And I think a way to, when I think of solitude, I think of um, uh, accountability. Mm. And I think about like having somebody in your life that is close to you and saying, asking them to, hey, can you challenge me in this area of my life? Because mm-hmm. I struggle with this. Like for it was last night at dinner, Caitlin said, she said, hey, I just noticed that you just seem stressed this week. Like you seem busy. Like when was the last time you were in your Bible for you? And I was like, um, I don't want to talk about this. I want to eat my dinner. <laughs> right. And yeah. uh, I said, I said, can you just keep me accountable? Like because this is not something that I will freely do, mm-hmm. but I need you to challenge me to say, hey. So maybe, maybe that's like for the students that are listening, maybe that's a, a good friend. Just say, hey, once a week, could you just ask me the hard questions and say, you know, when have you spent time this week? Have you? Why not? Um, yeah, and us too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, we absolutely challenge each other in that. Um, but we're here too to like, check in on you and say no like, shame no judgment no, no shame. Like, Absolutely not. We, yeah like like Derek just said it's something that we have to do too um and talk to people who are further along and practicing solitude mm-hmm. like there are i think of women in this church oh, that uh, powerhouses so well you know mm-hmm. um who i probably should spend time saying Teach me, guide me. <laughs> oh, I think about yesterday. I have um, my friend, Mr. Marvin, who's like <laughs> 75 years old. He was at your wedding. He's in my wedding. And he sent me a picture yesterday of him sitting in his garden. He loves his garden. He says, Derek, I have worked in this garden for days. He says, now I am enjoying. Oh. And I haven't really thought about that until right now. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's like a picture of his garden that he's worked in. And now he's just enjoying it. He says, this is, the, this is perfect weather. That's wow. so beautiful because how how much do we just like work and work and toil and toil and then Never move on to the next thing? Yeah, no. move on yeah. to the next thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is um, just a small glimpse into the work of solitude. Um, again, uh, we'll put in the show notes. But Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton, Celebrating the Disciplines and Celebration of Discipline, both by Richard Foster. Uh, Pilgrimage of the Soul, which was Philena Hertz. That was the uh, quote about the butterfly and the chrysalis. Um, these are great opportunities for you to dig a little deeper but maybe your first step is just taking a couple of minutes to like just breathe deeper um Mm -hmm. and each time maybe just take it a step further uh we're with you um, both in the work and our personal lives but also with you if you need somebody to to walk alongside you and like derek said keep you accountable so thanks for joining us and uh we'll see you for another discipline next week We're partnering with Team 147 and they are based out of Franklin and they are in need of some personal hygiene items and so if you have any of those items around your house and you would like to donate those, um, please reach out to one of our youth staff members and we will get them to them. Thank you. Wait, how do they go in? Yeah, how do, I don't... Is okay, it the, so we, the, the is larger? Yeah, goes, so currently... The wider side goes to the back. Okay. Uh, yeah. Currently, yeah, it's called like, what, Adam. What are the so what game is this called? This, or what? Uh, yeah, there you go, Lee. Well, Speak well, out. That so hurts, you, Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who are listening, we all have these giant. Uh, Ow. Uh, I don't even. I got it. I got it hurt. Okay, thank you.
Ah, you can, so that you know that you know hurt. that game where you put that thing in your mouth <laughs> and you have to say something because you're with your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> this speak is so out, speak out. Yeah, we're we're I guess we're gonna do that, and Adam is gonna tell us uh, what's what's hey, happening. This is nuts. So. Uh, Don't look at her. Like, like literally, it's gonna have teeth clean. Like, like it's gonna have to hurt. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Is this? I feel like I'm at the dentist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, I, I did this yesterday. I'm done. All right. You got a so whole lock in there. <laughs> All right, what you're hearing right now is uh, all sorts of crazy speech from our oh, student ministers. Oh, how did you have it? Yeah, what? what? Well, I'm, I'm hosting this section. Uh-uh. Our, I need like uh-uh. a, a towel. Our dessert today one. is um, you, get to hear, you get to hear our student ministers, our student ministry staff blab all the time. Now you get to hear them really sound like they're kind of blabbing. Oh, um, <laughs> and here is, here is the thing. So we're going to go around in a circle, and we're all... <laughs> It's an Andrewling. We're yeah, all um, <laughs> we're all pastors. We all work at a church. We've been in a church for a long time. Most of us, some of us, have been working in churches for a long time. So we should know like some Bible passages pretty well, right? Gosh. So what we're going to do is go around in a circle, and I've printed out the top ten most quoted Bible passages in the Bible, okay? Uh, and so uh, someone, someone is going to read it using their uh, speak out thing, their thing out. in their mouth, and everyone else is going to try to guess uh, not only what they're saying, but what Bible <laughs> passage that is. So if you're not okay. going, you can take out your thing. So um, these are all Bible passages that I would arguably say on any given day, if someone started Ugh. quoting this passage, you would absolutely Does the person have know the what answer? it is. So yeah, the person has the answer. So when you read it, don't read where it's coming from. You know, don't say it's from Psalms or whatever. Just read the passage, um, and we're gonna try to guess. Um, okay. To buzz in, you say your name. So you'll say your name, and then guess what the passage is. Got it. All right. So Derek's gonna lead us off here. Derek's got a passage okay. over there. Just one. Uh, the word of God for the people of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. No. In the beginning, <laughs> God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, okay. Lee, Genesis 1. Yes. Good well job, here. Derek. That was really good. good yeah, good job. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I, really, I, I got really into your really second, first one, and I did not know that, that, that was Wait, was that not one, the word of God for the people of God? No, I just Next did God. that. He just oh, did that to, uh, to start. Like a good Methodist eye. <laughs> like a good it. Methodist. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Only <laughs> <laughs> not on your own understanding. She just got Derek. really country. <laughs> Derek, is it Philippians? No. <laughs> um, oh. Wait, trust. I'm idiot on me. <laughs> yeah. I'll say it. Wait, I'm tra- tra- is it a Proverbs? Yep. Wait, you said <laughs> lean not on your own understanding. All right. I'm going to read it again. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to read it again. Okay. Okay. Trust in the Lord Trust. with all your heart. <laughs> and lean not on your own understanding. Spam it. <laughs> all right, Hoops, did you chime in with that one? What was I, it? Did you I, buzz it's in? It's Proverbs, but I, I don't know the actual verse. It's okay if you just get the book. Just, Is that correctly? Yes. Yeah, chapter three. There's five. <laughs> Y'all are each getting Bible lessons today. <laughs> oh my God. Chapter three or five. <laughs> All right, Hoopy. Okay. Are you ready? <sighs> Let's okay, hear it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Run. 
Oh. <laughs> Oops, you did literally the one thing you're not supposed to. Yeah. Yes, Romans. Okay, Romans something. All right, let's go to your other one. I've got an okay. extra one for you. Okay, in a second. I got another one. <laughs> Don't read the book. I, I Don't rule on yourself either. I'm ding dong. Okay. <laughs> I'm ding dong. I can do anything through him who gives me strength. I can, I can do anything. <laughs> oh, Derek. Through him who gives me strength. Yes, Philippians 4.13. Hey, just read the other one that okay. you had, too. Yeah, it's just just for... Okay, here we go. It's, it's in Romans. I know Romans. that in all things, God oh. works to the good of those who love him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Was, was it Romans? Is that what it was? <laughs> I just drooled. I broke the laughing <laughs> in the mic roll. Who so <laughs> love oh. him? <laughs> it's so hard to say. Who love him? He has according to his hurt, 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 Amen. Amen. Oh, good. Yeah. Amen. Wow. All right, Kate, what do you got? Let's see who can guess. Okay, I'm sorry. I think I Derek has two points. Hoops has one. I don't know if, if Mason or Lee are on the board, are they? Well, I haven't even done it yet. Oh, oh. I, I came in with, I got. Yeah. Oh, did you guys want Derek? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. Derek, I have, I Derek is not on board of me. Yeah. I got, I got a black one. So yeah, you got one. No, you got okay. four pieces. <laughs> Do not eat anxious about anything, and in everything, at prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. First Timothy. Thank you. No. Philippians. Uh-huh. Um, also, you sheesh. sound very normal. I was about to say, like, <laughs> wait, does Kate um, do this on an average day? Like, that was... Sounded pretty no. much like a Why scripture reader on Sunday morning. <laughs> Zelda. She's good at everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. Did you have another one? Uh, we're going back one? around. We'll go, yeah, we'll go back around. around. We got another. I only got. Do I get an extra? You only get one. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just drooled. I drooled. Drooling. Mason's got this. He's so good. Ew. Okay. Uh, that oh, that noise was the worst. I'm sorry. Okay. Here we go. And ah. Uh, you <laughs> 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 look like a vampire. <laughs> your laugh and, becomes so much more giggly. And all your ways. Acknowledge him. Yeah, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will write your half straight. <laughs> that was. All right. Any guesses on what passage that is? All right. I'm drooling. Apparently, Mason's drooling all over uh, himself. I don't know. Um, Guess it. I'm uh, I, I, I could have finished. Added, what was the first part? In all, In all your, your ways, ways, acknowledge him, and he will and make he, your path straight. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Hebrew. Huh? Oh, it's Proverbs, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll say I could finish no. the Bible verse. I'm real good at finishing. All right, dang it, there's a lot oh, of proverbs. Go. Go. This is gonna be this is gonna be speed round. We're gonna go around we real need quick. A, we need paper towels. Oh, why do I get a really long one? Uh, yeah, I should have given us something from like do numbers. Do you want me to look one up because I've read all mine? <laughs> these, I mean, these are the most top ten quoted quoted Bible passages. Right. We that, should know. Zaha, go on it. The titles are all lessons. The baptizing name in the name of the Father and the, uh, the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go therefore, baptizing all the Great oh, Commission. I have no m- idea what Matthew what book? Just said. Matthew. Matthew. Matthew, it is. I feel like I, there's a dual point there for Lee and, and I, I, I couldn't even tell what he was saying. 
I'm impressed. All right. All right, Lee, what's your, what's your second passage? Sorry, yeah, I know this is C Dimes. Hold on. Y'all look. Mine's bigger than y'all's. I know the plans I have for you to clear score. Jeremiah. Plans to let you finish. Plans to foster you and not to hire you. Plans to get you a heat. Derek, Jeremiah. And a heater. I think Mason already chimed in with that one, the Jeremiah one. All right, we're skipping over hoops because she already read one. Okay. Here goes Kate. Kate, who talks pretty much completely naturally with this thing in her mouth. This isn't hard. Thank goodness. Uh, her God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son that he had to in him John and had eternal life. Derek John. John 316. There you go. That was really Who's got it? Yeah. For the record, though, Derek did have his hands up first. You just didn't speak I'll up into it. I'll give it to you, Derek. I'll give it to you. All right, here we go, Mason. <laughs> okay. Oh, ow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Every time. I'm sorry. The second... <laughs> It's like uh, the second I hit it in my app, it's a waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're literally dripping. <laughs> I'm upset that I just saw that. Look at me. <laughs> Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. <laughs> Uh, you can't see this, but literally drool is just just pouring out of Mason's like a mouth. You would think he's a dog can, looking I, at a giant snake. I said I need a hair towel. The Ehenchan has a name on your mind. Then you write, I love the who what God's will is his. I have no idea. <laughs> Do not conform to the end of this world. And perfect well. The end was just like a toddler learning. He said, Sweet, <laughs> <laughs> I think you got that one. Was that? It was Romans 12? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wait, what was that one? Yeah, Romans, it was Romans 12. Romans Be not conformed to society. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. So there you have a little bit of dessert of uh, these people that read Bible passages all the time. And, you know, maybe it should be a little more challenging for us to have to speak Bible passages. Well, uh, and you can, like, know them. But, like, where are they in the Bible? Yeah, it's it is hard to know. Tricky, tricky. Hey, Did I win? win? I'm pretty sure no. I'm Lee definitely won. Whoa. Um, I think I'll try one. Later. So do we get to take we'll these home? Yeah, you can, sure you you can keep those oh, can keep and oh, uh, or throw them away or whatever you would like to do with those. Oh. That is your parting gift for today's podcast. Oh, so well, parting gift for everyone listening. Well, parting gift for everyone listening to the podcast. Let us um, share the one thing we learned today. Uh, yeah. Adam was born to be a pirate. He <laughs> was born to be a pirate. <laughs> I learned that like Mason pretty much is Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that's Boston. kind of unfair because yeah. you did go to school there for how many years? I did. Uh, three years. Three years up there. <laughs> three years. <laughs> three years. <laughs> I learned, um, I, well, I should say, I really like the reference of the butterfly in solitude. I think I'm going to always remember that when I see a butterfly. And yeah. Yeah. That was a good. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, I learned <coughs> that these are are very difficult, and that I these, drool so much. These mouthpieces. These mouthpieces. Yeah. They kind of. Yeah. I. This is giant. Yeah. I actually got you the large size. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> yeah. That's what I learned. They were actually all the same size. I learned that um, solitude 
while scary is like scary for different reasons for different people. Like mm-hmm. I think like Kate and I and our ex- explanations of that are like kind of complete opposites. Um, I think that's neat to I like. I love that. Oh, I absolutely love yeah, that. Yeah. I was trying to think of how to put that in words that all of our staff, it has like very different ways of approaching disciplines like this. Um, but we all like come to the same place and I absolutely love that. That's the team dynamic. Yeah. And the fruit, even if also different is still beneficial to the whole body, you know? So Mm, that's good. It's good stuff. I'm excited for, um, another episode next week of to the table. See you later. See y'all. Bye. If you've enjoyed To The Table, be sure to subscribe to keep up with us and to never miss an episode. Our hosts are Lee French, Adam Jones, Kate McKnight, Derek Walker, Hannah DeFada, and me, Mason Cavanis. Produced and recorded by Mason Cavanis and executive produced by Lee French. Mixed and edited by John Provost and music by Springkin. To The Table is a podcast from Brentwood United Methodist Church in Brentwood, Tennessee.